I hit the button. Welcome back to another episode of Existence. This is the podcast where we are exploring the question, what does it mean to exist while you have a cold and uh, don't know what to do and need an episode of the podcast. So that's where we are. And that's why I'm here. And that's why you're here once again. <laughs> Dorsey, three weeks in a row. Um, we are sitting outside your terrace on the apartment. Um Today's concept is, uh, <laughs> what is this? we have books in front of us. If you, if you're watching, there's books, um, and we're going to go through each book that I have read and you have read most of them. You've read a lot. You've read most of them cause you've given a lot of them to me. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about them, uh, briefly and it shouldn't be too long, but it'll be something for, for the week. And I think it's a good idea. So these are these are books that I've finished with um, within the past like four months. I these are the books I, I since I got to Hungary that I finished, um, which has been about four months, uh, which isn't that many books <laughs> when you think about I mean, it. But one of them is the, the one of them is the brothers. Care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll get to it in due time. I apologize for my voice. I'm sick. I have a cold, um, and I will do my best to not sneeze or sniffle but um i'll try to make everything else good and there's a dog here his name's amor it's dorsey's dog <laughs> all right let me okay. get the first book and then we'll start oh recent one. first book albert camus the outsider um just finished it. I just finished it. Your mom gave it to me. Um, what do you think about that book? We talked about it a lot. When I, I just finished this most recent book, I finished it like yesterday or something. Yeah, so I read The Outsider. I read it twice. Um, but I, mm, my most recent experience is from like six months ago, I would say. Mm -hmm. So pretty recent. And I like this book very much. I think it's a good uh, introductory book to Camus, Camus uh, writings. It's not my favorite Camus book, but it's short, it's clear. I think um, it has all the main points that Camus is trying to convey. Um, and I'm just trying to think about all the things that we have talked about. Um, but mainly I like the psychological portrait, um, and I really did like the guy. I did not feel, I mean, should we like spoil? No, no, no. We're definitely not going to spoil any of the, the books we're reading, but I mean, or we're talking about, but I you think we should. No, we should. <laughs> No, I no, mean, no. especially as somebody who like the only thing I get annoyed at or uh, upset about is people who spoil things. I, I just, know, but how do you want to talk about a book could, without like mentioning things? Well, you can mention things, but you don't have to spoil the plot of it. There's so many things you could talk about. Yeah, but the plot is something that supports our points, right? Um, yeah, it is, but there's... Okay, I'm not going to spoil the book. Well, um, I feel like it's also hard to spoil some of these books like we're talking about because there's like so much to the books that 
That's it's why not necessarily I'm not something. against it. That's no. why I'm like <laughs> mentioning some of the some parts of the plot. Like, no, you can mention some parts of the plot for sure. Okay, but it That's does not part. not like. So the, the 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 basis of the book is it. I mean, it's a man who um, gets wrapped up in some in some uh, predicaments for himself, and then he he. It's like the internal dialogue of this <laughs> of this man that. Is um, going through some, going through his uh, turmoil. I don't. I don't <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it's not about the plot. It's, it's not. It, well, it is about the plot, but it isn't at the same time. But I think Camus is very clear, concise. This is what we talked about before: is that he's so he's so clear, um, and I feel like I feel like it's refreshing to read Camus. Uh, this is the second one I've read. I've read The Fall as well by him, and that was a great book. Um, Makes me want to. I wish I started out with this one because I think I would have read more Camus if I started out with um, The Outsider. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely a better introduction to him than the four. Um, so, usually, I've seen so many TikToks where it's like beginner philosophical novels recommendations, and it's always there. Also, I've seen yeah. those TikToks where it's like short stories or short novels you can. Um, you can finish in one sitting, and it's always there as well. Yeah. Okay, maybe not one sitting. I mean, how many pages is it? Oh, it's like a hundred and something. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a, not a thick book. Hundred twenty or something. It's 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 not it's not it's not big. It's it's it's. I finished in the two days, so it was it was quick. Um. Yeah, definitely you can finish it quickly, and um, it's just very interesting like existential questions um are raised and is the best to discuss it with someone so yeah i think if someone reads it just reads it reads it you got it keep going i know okay um did you read this in hungarian or did you read it in english when you read it in hungarian i did uh but I think if someone reads it, they definitely should give it to someone else then. So at least like get someone to read it as well. So then you have someone to discuss it with because it's literally, it's really great to read it, but it's just as good um, to discuss it with someone else afterwards. Definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. So... I mean, I think that's what I'm missing most, and that's why I kind of like this idea. It's just discussing because I, I read the book, and then I, um, especially like uh, Dostoevsky's, like I came, I finished the book, and then I'm like, what? Who? It's <laughs> just so like, it's like, yeah. I want to talk about. Yeah, you're like, I love I so many about thoughts, it too. but it's like I can't even think about it with myself. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to that in a second. But okay. Outsiders, so it's a great book. Could, I would recommend. People could write down their ideas about the books in the comments, and you could. Reply. Good idea. It yeah, could yeah. be a dialogue. It could be a mini comment section. Yeah. Book. Uh, what is it? Book club. Book club. Was Distance it you who told me that you never got the idea of a book club? No, that wasn't me. I want a book club. Yeah, but I remember. I remember you said at some point you were like, when I was younger, I didn't really get book. Clubs. Maybe when I was younger, yeah. Whatever. Um, but book I was really dumb. Are great. 
Um, <laughs> no, book clubs are, are good. All right, next book. I'll be right back. Okay. Say something. Um, so the next episode, is it going to be me with my books? We'll find well, out. No. All right. So the reason I'm getting up for those just listening is that uh, the books are uh, in front of me for the aesthetic appeal. And I have to get up every second to, or every time we talk about a new book. So that's what's happening. The Paul Street Boys. Yes. By. Hungarian Literature. Yeah. Ferenc. How do you say this? How do you Ferenc. Moinar. Okay. Thank you for saying that. Cause Moinar Ferenc. I was about to butcher it. He's Hungarian. This is a great book. I really, really enjoyed this book. Again, your mom gave it to me. <laughs> Um, your mom shout out to your mom everyone's literature teacher yes so this book is about um, a group of kids who are from budapest from the early 1900s and that's when it was written and um it's like these two rival gangs they call them gangs but they're little kids like i I don't know why they call it gang in the in the book yeah but it's like (laughs) it's just like clubs it's like these two clubs Um, yeah i would say like circles yeah yeah like groups they're definitely like serious clubs uh, yeah. A gang, I would, I understand why they call it a gang, but they're two like competing um, um, groups of kids um, and they have their own, their own, uh, their own groups and, and then they compete against each other in, uh, in a, in a way that is kind of, it's, it's nice because to me it, it was like this juvenile way of thinking about the adult concepts of war. Um, yeah, because they're fighting over land. Yes, they're fighting over land. It's like this these these group As of kids who have two different so- sets of land. And exactly, <laughs> and then one of the groups wants the wants the other group uh, group's land, and um, to for a soccer or for a football pitch, um, and so that's uh, that's the concept. But it's really really cool. I really liked it. I finished this quick too. This was like yeah, it's an less than a week. Read, yeah, right? it, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's it's a little it's a little. How many pages is this? Uh, about two hundred pages. It's also a thick. Yeah, yeah, no, super easy to read though, um, and I would recommend it for anybody interested in uh, Hungarian literature. That yes, some Eastern European yeah literature. I mean, it's it's again, it's like it's a kids' book. It's meant. F- I, I mean, you could read this in the middle school yes. um, or elementary school, really. But it, I think the concepts in here are really nice to think about. I think it's pretty like ageless. Yeah, you don't really. I mean, it's comprehensible for kids. But also, I think you can take something away from it if you're an adult as well. So definitely, yeah, yeah. I think that that's the most most important thing is that I could take a lot away from it, even though I was uh, or I am an adult. I um, guess that's why my mom got it for you. I didn't know yeah. that she was about to get it for you, and so when you started reading it, I was like, mm, I hope you won't find it like childish or yeah yeah because it's been a long time i read it like i read it when i was a kid so i was like hmm, let's see but it's actually a good confirmation that it is a book that anyone can read yeah because like you your first approach to it it's like with an adult perspective yeah totally and still you like value this book so it's yeah yeah no it is really cool i I would recommend it um again it's it's like uh it's like a it's a good idea of how um we can compare like just like the juvenile aspects of of territory and war and stuff and we can compare it to like the 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 adult and also just like basic human qualities yes totally too loyalty yeah uh earnestness 
like betrayal, mm-hmm. like all these things that are so important in our adult lives. It's just really like raw in this book because it is about kids. Um, but you can learn a lot. Totally, yeah. And um, um, although this copy, for whatever reason, it has a lot of errors. <laughs> and Don't get this copy. <laughs> no, it's funny though. I ha- this is just a random point that it, I did find yeah. spelling mistakes in here. I find it weird, and I, I don't know why. There was at least like f- a, a quite a bit, like a four or five. For the publisher. Yeah. Um, unless, unless a I'm Hungarian publisher. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't know why it happened. All right, next book. <laughs> Say something. No, I can't answer to your audience every time. Ask the wrong person. Yeah, I know. All right. Next book. Um, big book. Um, this book. The Dostoevsky Journey Started with the Brothers Karamazov. Um, that's the next book here. There's literally, I could do a whole podcast dedicated to this book, which I very well might do. Um, but the Brothers Karamazov has, I finished this here. I didn't start it here. It took me forever to finish. Yeah. Um, it's about a th- almost a thousand pages. Um, it's like nine hundred something pages, um, and oh, I mean, it's like to say what it's about doesn't even do it justice. And this is what I was going to say with the fact that like it doesn't matter if we talk about the plot in a lot of these books or like with like Dostoevsky or like something like that. I know. It's because it is. There's just it, it's not about the. I mean, the plot is the. I was thinking about this. It's like the plot is the. Um, the plot is um, like there has to be something. Like you have like you play chess and there needs to be a board, but the but the actual game is not dependent on the board. It's just something to put it on. I mean, you, like, when you think about like the the themes of God, religion, free will, death, like childhood, um, all these like huge existential questions, um, and then you put it and you could you try to like discuss that or, or talk about it at the way Dostoevsky did in a book. I mean, it, there's just so much in here where it's just incomprehensibly um, masterfully done. And yeah. I mean, it, it's, I didn't know, I mean, I had heard about it and uh, from Lex Friedman kept talking about it and I was like, Oh, who's this Dostoevsky guy? Man. So then in my head, I'm like, okay, well I got to pick the biggest, longest one um, to read. And, um, it changed my life. It really did. It's a masterpiece, and I need. To, I will read it again, okay. um, at some point in my after life. After finishing all the other Dostoevsky. Yeah, after I, I've also now committed myself to reading more all of Dostoevsky. I think he has twelve novels, um, but you haven't read this one yet. You've read Crime and Punishment. I read um, a chapter from it for one of my courses. Yes, the Grand the Inquisitor. Grand Inquisitor and. Yeah, after reading that chapter, I was like, I want to read this book. I want to read this book. But yes, I have read Crime and Punishment, and um, it's just incredibly great. I feel like in the past couple couple of days, we talked about Dostoevsky a lot. Um, Schooling ourselves up on the history of Dostoevsky. Yes, but I feel like it's just, you can say so much about Dostoevsky. I learned a lot about him in school, like even in high school. But you really need to experience his writing style and how he, um, like how he uses language as his material of his art, and all the ideas and thoughts 
are so complex and so um, like full of interesting um, ideas that you literally like can't describe it in any way you have to read it. Also, another thing with Dostoevsky, it's like that was like one of the things I was thinking about when I read Crime and Punishment. He could literally like form any character, let's say a policeman, and you literally would never believe that an officer, like a random officer, as he depicts the character, would have these thoughts. Like, it's just <coughs> crazy because it's Dostoevsky behind these characters. And I'm not trying to say that all his characters are uh, the same because they are very distinct. But I'm just saying that every single character is formed on such a high level where you're like, there's no way that I think like it just really made me think about how the human psyche is such a masterpiece as well because Dostoevsky just depicts them so vividly that I'm just like whoa like the human mind is crazy yeah no it's true I mean the way he understands the human psyche and then puts it into words I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And not not only the psyche, but the f- the philosophical. Uh, the, he's getting Amor's getting excited about Dostoevsky, but the like the f- the f- the philosophical um, uh, existential ideas that everyone deals with um, and people think about that are absolutely. Um, I mean, it just it it becomes something that is. A, a, a work of a genius and then yes. it's like you don't I mean there's a reason why Dostoevsky is um, venerated the way he is um, along with other great li- like Russian literature um, uh, Russian writers like I, I haven't read Tolstoy yet but Tolstoy and you've read Master Margarita which I have not yet read I did but um, but yeah no I mean <clears throat> Dostoevsky is I mean it, yeah, I don't know I, I, there's so much to say about the book where I just don't even there's just I just don't even know where to start. Um, you so. should do an individual episode just on it. Yeah. Um, I would like to. I would like to do that. I love. I would like you to. Re- I would like you to read it when you, whenever you get the chance. I know you're dealing with theses. You're writing your thesis and reading a lot of other things. Yeah, but at some point, reading. you, I'm gonna make you read this, and we're gonna discuss it because it is. And I and I will read Crime and Punishment. Yes, um, please. Probably sooner than you read. <laughs> yeah, right now stuff, I'm but. reading other things a lot of things but i want to like the grand inquisitor it was it blew my mind away i was like it's beautiful also then like at this course i was talking about we talked about just that um what is it just that chapter and also like relating to the chapter about the whole book and yeah i have other reasons to read it it's just really like so many things to read but yeah i really want to all right you're gonna be with me for a while so i'm gonna make you read it at some point it's funny (laughs) because like the it's funny because like i remember my 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 mom read the cut back like she read the description and then it's a it's like it basically talks about you know it's about three brothers um their father and a murder that happens and a love affair between all of these characters and stuff like that um and she's like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, and then I finished. I was like, that's, I mean, that's the plot, but there's so much Obviously. to this. It's like, that doesn't even, doesn't even start to begin to 
understand what this book is. You don't read it for the plot. I mean, <laughs> this is where I'll disagree. You, I mean, it needs a plot, and and the plot is great. The plot is amazing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking that quality away from it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's not like if you want, like, create. Okay, maybe I should not say anything about this because I know it's controversial. But it's like it's nice that it has a plot, but also it's just like you would read it without the plot as well. Well, I don't understand how you could have it without the plot. Yeah, there, there, there is. You the need to read some books without plots. I mean, obviously, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, yes, if Dusty had just wrote straight nonfiction, like I, I no, but even nonfiction, like. For example, Virginia Woolf. I love Virginia Woolf. She has some novels. They literally do not have a plot. They're they're. But isn't that so kind great. of a plot in a way? You need to read it. And then <laughs> we can discuss it. All right. Well, we'll get the next book. Um, there's. It's just not fair because we. I can spend hours and days in my life thinking about it's this book. It's an ode to. It's an ode. We will return to this at some point. I will do a. I I want to do a whole episode on this. Yes. Um, with uh, with those that know. So, mm-hmm. I'll be back next book. Was oh, it a good idea to put all the stuff over there? Yeah. <laughs> it's for the aesthetics. Another one. Oh, what do you know? Another book. <laughs> That's the asking. Oh, what is this? I just picked up. <laughs> oh, what is this? Uh, notes from underground. Everyone says notes from the un- the underground and. I they don't know why, wrong. and they are wrong. Notes from Underground by Dostoevsky again. Um, so this is a this is about um, a man who is in. Um, I mean, the first line of the book is is like a famous first line where it's just um, actually the guy. I was just watching like a a lecture of the professor who was talking about Dostoevsky, and uh, it's actually very different in Russian, obviously. The the man literally I forgot I, I'll link it in the description but this professor um, literally learned Russian to read Dostoevsky. <laughs> That's I know. But it, it's different. It, I am a sick man. I am a wicked man. I am unattract. I am an unattractive man. I think my liver hurts. <laughs> well, starting off strong. Yeah, starting off strong. It's it's about this man who's who's writing about his um basically his his inner psychological turmoil as as somebody who is just an extremely self-aware person and doesn't understand like how he uh, like he understands i mean it's like he understands everything and then yet acts in a in a in a in a way that is just like hor- horrendous and and it it's i mean there's so much again to talk about this book and it's it's actually pretty um it's um it was something that I really had to like look into afterwards once I read it to kind of comprehend the uh, psychological and philosophical ideas that yeah, this Yeah, I remember when you started you were like it's like you were having some like difficulties understanding it, right? Yeah. Or just like it was not the most comprehensible. It w- it will it, it got more it, it got more comprehensible as the, the the as the novel went on. But it was difficult for me in the beginning because I just didn't get it. I didn't get the context. Yeah, because you said there were a lot of cultural and historical. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of like right? exactly, yeah, and it, and it does deal with that a lot. Um, you know, I'm no expert in um, 19th century um, Russian uh, political context. and historical context, uh, but gaining more every day. Again, not Dostoevsky is just um, he's Dostoevsky, so 
uh, read it. This is one of this, apparently Dostoevsky uh, has five great novels that is considered like his best work. Says who? Um, I look. I'm reading. Well, I'll get that critics? to the end. Yeah, literary, literary professors. <laughs> no, but Where I know. Uh, but so it's like this one knows from underground. The brothers Karamazov, crime and punishment, demons, and the idiot. Um, I've only read two of those so far, so uh, my journey continues. But would would recommend. I wouldn't recommend this as your first Dostoevsky novel, though. Um, but I've only read. Two, well, I've only read two. Well, actually, I mean, I've only read two, so. I wouldn't recommend if I was going to choose between those. Choose the brothers Karamazov if, if you have the time. Next book. Let's see the next one. Same translator. Is this from the tra- uh, same translator? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it literally says says it on the cover. Crime and punishment was translated by the same man. Same couple of translators. All right, when you're doing solo podcast, you got to make sure the exposure is good. I'm is my it? own producer. Um, exposure is good. Batteries charged. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, Rainer Maria Rilke, Letters to a Young Poet. Great you gave me this book. book. Yes. What? Why did you give me this book, and what do you think is so good about it? I mean, actually, I think you just found it on the bookshelf. You just wanted to read something, and I had it in English, and I gave it to you. Maybe but, that's how it worked. But I, I think I did recommend it to you because I just... Okay, first of all, I love Rilke so much. I have read a couple of uh, his stuff uh, already, and I'm a big fan of his uh, poems. And this one is just so short and also so intense and it has so much it's like just a collection of letters basically Rilke this like huge uh, poet giant is just uh, writing these letters to a young poet as the title indicates Um, and he's just basically giving life advice to this young man and he discusses art life in general solitude a lot um just like creativity like the main emphasis is on how uh, artistic creation is for him and what he thinks um that uh, the main focus points are in creative um activity but it's so great and obviously like i have a really big interest in everything that considers uh, art. Um, And it's philosophical, but also it's just like, you feel the human in these um, letters. Like, you just know that it was written by a person to another person. It's pretty personal. And yeah, it just like brought me closer to the author of many poems I love very much and I like I made a lot of notes um, on the margins and stuff because it really moved me and not just emotionally but intellectually as well so but I think you didn't like it no no I really liked it I did no you're thinking about a different book um I really liked it a lot um 
I think it was beautiful. I remember I came away with this book and I thought this man had some really great wisdom. Like this man like really yes. thought about life. Mm. Um, and I, th- and it's, it's, it, it is nonfiction. It's his actual letters to an actual person. Um, and, um, I thought it was great cause it, it, I think, I think what I took away from it a lot was like career, a career trajectory. Cause he talks a lot about, um, not like being fuf- fulfillment in career. Um, and I, I remember I, I wrote a lot of uh, quotes down from this book. Mm-hmm. I think he, he had some really really great I um, underlined so many things yeah yeah no I remember I noticed you underlined a lot while I was going through it and I saw all your previous underline underlinings um growth is painful like the growth of boys and sad like the beginning of spring yeah Um, some things I just underlined it because I found it like beautifully phrased um yeah things I just thought because he's like um he's talking about things about the content it's really important and beautiful, but also how he puts it into words. Obviously, he's a poet and a writer, so um, he better be good at writing. It's he better really be his medium. Yeah. Also, what I wanna say, it's like um, there's a sonnet in this book that was written by the young poet. Yes, is writing his letters to, and they basically just like pasted the whole sonnet um, because the young poet sends it to Rilke um, to get his feedback and I just love that sonnet so much it's very beautiful and I wrote it down in my journal I really like that sonnet and uh, yeah that's just an additional thing it's just you get a great poem yeah, no. In this book as well. Great book, and you could you could literally read this in a day. It's time. Yeah, like usually those TikToks I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, they usually include this one as well. Yeah, it's no. usually like the Stranger by Camus, mm. um, and um, Letters to Young Pal, and also another book that you're about to talk about. Oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's fifty pages. So, I love right. this book so much. Next book, like penguins, peng, peng, How you say? <laughs> classics little black books best things in the world that's what they say next book love it so much. more wow dropped it <laughs> love it so much <laughs> throw it on the ground next book journey by moonlight your mom gave this to me once again shout out to Dorsey's mom thank you my mother by Antel Serb um um great book I this was my first introduction to Hungarian literature and you said this is kind of read in high school, right? Or middle school? Some yeah, yeah, like you've read this in school, right? I did read it when I was 18 or something. Okay. I was like pretty much an adult. Young adult book. Young adult book. For sure. Coming of age. Coming of age. Young adult book. Coming of age, young adult book. I, I mean, we compared this to... Um, um, Unbearable Lightness of Being. The Unbearable Lightness of Being and... Uh, oh, Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye, my favorite book when I was growing up in high school. Um, it's in that vein of things where it's uh, this this lost face. person um, yeah. coming. I mean, he's old. He's a little bit older. He's like. He's I mean, old. He is definitely. He's like in his 30s or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but usually like these books, um, they just like feature like a teenager or something. So, yeah, yeah whatever. But uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, it really doesn't because context. I think I think it's important that he's a little bit older because then it gives the context to like young people who read this book that 
you don't want to end up like a guy who just is lost so like but also to me it was like it's okay to be 35 and lost yeah you like you don't have to figure your things out by the time you're 18 this man is 35 he's literally like married at some point and he still has no clue about anything yeah so the the, the little bit of the pot is that he um gets he he's on his honeymoon with his with his wife that he just married and then he uh he literally just takes off and leaves in italy they're on a honeymoon in italy he's hungarian um and he just like takes off and goes off on his own and and this becomes lost in the world um literally. and and it's really interesting i i i i um, I, I think I would have resonated it with it more had I read it maybe a, a year or two ago. I think like for you, like maybe three years ago, like yeah, yeah, three when years you ago, yeah. like took off and just like started to travel, it would have been perfect. Right before, yeah, maybe right before that. It would have been really perfect for you because as you said, like at some point you just needed to be lost. And I think the protagonist in this book, like all he needs is just to be lost completely. Definitely. And then figure everything out from there. Definitely, I would um, recommend this book. Um, it w- it was a great. It was great. Do you remember the closing lines? I think it's yes. one of the best things about this book. It is. I don't want to. It doesn't spoil anything. No, it's just like literally a, a sentence. It's literally just a sentence. Um, Can you read it? Yeah, he must stay alive, and he too would live like rats amidst the ruins, but he'd live nonetheless. And as long as one lives, something might yet happen. It was so influential yeah. when I read it. Obviously, like it was a couple of years ago, like I was in a completely different place in my life, but it was so influential to me. And also like in one of my courses, my professor talked about this book and he recommended it for like people like late high school, 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like because of the like, every situation that these people are in at that age like moving out starting like finishing high school blah blah all these big changes but i think if you missed it at that point it's always nice to read it because um i think even if you have already gone through this time in your life you can also resonate with it because (laughs) it's just you can relate to the idea of being lost and then figuring things out yes no i, I agree and there's always like uh it's not hopeless there's, there's it's not there's hope yeah that's a that's really a big uh thing i took away from it that there's always hope like literally you can have nothing figured out and it's still worth like waking up the next day and just like see what life brings yeah all right amor's barking or new book <laughs> A book I don't know anything A book you about. haven't read and you, d- you don't know anything about. It's Conscious, uh, Brief Guide to the Fundamental Mystery of the Mind by Annika Harris. Um, my interest in uh, the philosophy of mind and consciousness um, and meditation. Um, uh, I've been wanting to read this book for a while. It's a great introduction to those t- topics. It's a great introduction to. It's the first nonfiction. Uh, yeah, it's the first nonfiction. I, I, for a while, I only read nonfiction, and then I started reading fiction again, um, and um, and then I missed reading nonfiction, so I picked up this book, 
again, or not again, but I picked up the book. And I'd say if you're interested in consciousness, if you're interested in philosophy of mind um, and kind of understanding those types of things, um, I would definitely recommend it. It's, it's, it gives you like the ideas of um, understanding what the problems of consciousness are in, in philosophical terms but are really easy to understand um, and kind of like the ideas of, of kind of uh, the, the philosophy of the mind um, in ways that are, are pretty, are really digestible. And it, it's a great introduction to kind of understanding those topics if you're interested. Um, and then there's so many ways to like um, branch out from there. From This is, this is pretty, I mean, it's not, it's not like an academic um, like nonfiction book or anything like that. It's so you would say like uh, beginner's level? Yeah, beginner level to philosophy of the mind and consciousness, stuff like that. Um, I would recommend it definitely um, if that's what you're interested in. I think that's a really good um, recommendation because I think a lot of people are afraid of just picking up something on this topic because it just seems scary. Like when you say like philosophy and like neuroscience and like all these things about uh, the mind, I think it can become scary for someone who's never studied this on an academic level. And so I think it's like a big plus for a lot of people to know that you're gonna like comprehend it without having like previous studies in the field or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was proud of myself because I had done a lot of research and done a lot of reading in philosophy of, the philosophy of mind before and it's just a continual interest of mine um and so when i picked it up there was obviously a lot i didn't know and i learned throughout reading the book but um, i was proud of myself for like understanding a lot of the the, fa the foundational ideas um and and the sort of the problems that people are dealing with when they're thinking about consciousness um and um the hard problem of consciousness and, and panpsychism and a lot of these kind of topics that get brought up um and so yeah definitely recommend it um, if you're interested in that. Nice. So, next book. A Brief Guide to the Fundamental Mystery of the Mind. It's a bestseller. <laughs> yeah, but what book isn't a New York Times bestseller? You know what I mean? <gasps> Another short <laughs> There's actually like some... Yeah, that, so, this is The Yellow Wallpaper. Um, you recommended this book to me because it was one of the handful you had in English. Um but by Charlotte Perkins Gilman yeah. um, and introduced by Maggie O'Farrell. Um, and this is a book about a woman in, uh, in, a, in the U.S. She's American. Yeah, um, American. And I don't know what time period it is, like early. Uh, late, late 19th century. Late 19th century. Um and she's basically driven to insanity by being left up in in a in a room in a, in a house and not being able to leave because she has um, anxiety depression like these ideas and like kind of dealing with these this trauma internal trauma and and the best way people know how to deal with her is like putting her in a room which it sounds insane and it is insane and it's about her like 
journey into madness. You know, it's really interesting how you describe it because, yes, this is one way of interpreting the book, but, but it's definitely not the only way of interpreting the book. And I, I don't know if that's how I interpret it. That's kind of like just how I would um, give the like plot a plot. Is, yeah, yeah, That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not obvious that this is what's happening because mm. it's like we don't know if like everything because basically how we like get the information it's in the form of uh like journal entries yeah uh by this lady who's the protagonist and so we see everything through her um perspective and we don't know it if she's like the victim of like external forces or if she's the victim of her own mind or both probably both yeah but this is like a big 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 step in feminist literature and feminist literary critics love this book and uh, it's not as discussed as it should be i think like i only know this book because um one of my english literature uh professors um made us read it and we had a really really interesting conversation on it afterwards and so basically, like, if I had to tie the plot, I would probably say something different. I would have said, like, like the plot, in my understanding, it's like there is this woman who is living in a very um, strict patriarchist, patriarchist, is this how you say it? Patriarchal? Patriarchal. Patriarchal. Um, family situation and she's dealing with a lot mentally um, also she just um, gave birth to a child so that's also a big um, like part of the whole psychological um, condition that she's in but yeah she's basically it's just a beautiful arc of like her psyche, like how her psyche um, just changes, mm -hmm. how her mental condition is going from one state to the other. And uh, yeah, it's up to interpretation. It's really mysterious in this sense. You don't necessarily know what is happening exactly, but I think it's great because you can have your own interpretation and if i'm not mistaken it's like pretty autobiographical mm -hmm. but yes like yeah i i think i read it in the introduction yes that is true yeah yeah it had it, like a story about yeah, you read it more recently yeah yeah it is i mean i'm i'm uh, it is more autobiographical it's like an account of what happened to the author uh, yes. and and these are kind of like she put it into a story and this is this so was is the book. this the book that you didn't like as much as I no it that, that's a book that I I tell you what it is and I remember what it was okay um it was uh, and it's not here this is the one book that's actually not here that I read um okay. while it? I've been here which is how to read a book by Virginia Woolf oh okay and I I oh, I thought yeah, yeah, I, I I thought the the Virginia Woolf part because it was actually from a series of lectures that that book that that book yeah. was made out of by Virginia Woolf. But the the introduction was actually to me the the best part about that book by yeah, the by the author by that Virginia wrote the Woolf. yeah yeah but it wasn't written by Virginia Woolf the introduction was good and I thought the 
I thought it was fine. Like I didn't have any th- issues with what Virginia was was saying, yeah. um, but I thought what what uh, the way that the the author who wrote the introduction of that book put it was almost better um, and more comprehensible, or I guess not more comprehensible. I would I wouldn't say that. I would say just kind of interpreted it in a way that was more um, engaging and sort of gave me better ideas on how to think about it. Um, I think the one thing I take away from that book is like thinking of like when you finish a book, it's the shape that kind of um, gets left in your head and, and it's it like kind of, you learn how to like f- form it in a certain way and it leaves this like r- residue in your mind um, and, it, and, it, and it just kind of, takes different uh, shapes yeah. um, and I think that was a really way, interesting way of honestly I kind of agree I mean that like that addition uh, particularly yeah. it was I think a little bit of a bullshit honestly because it's like a really like literally that part of the lecture that they uh, decided to publish is like what like 30 pages it's not even that it's, it's, it's not, not even, even I would pages. say it's probably like 10 it's a uh, 15 yeah it's a really really a short tiny. tiny but Virginia Woolf um, maybe with the introduction and everything it was 30 pages yeah but the introduction also it's like yeah like that is like longer than the Virginia Woolf part um, and also Virginia Woolf is uh, like a huge essays like she has a collection of essays she's like a big theorist as well as like a great author and I've read a lot of anim- I mean uh, like relatively a couple of her essays and uh, she's really really a great theorist in my opinion but that book was just like kind of like they tried to cite that edition with the name of Virginia Woolf um, and I bought it because I really love Virginia Woolf and it's that edition is not available here I bought it in England I just saw it has like a pretty cover and it had like Virginia Woolf on it and how to read a book like I love reading I picked it up and I think it was just like it wasn't worth the money actually because it was not really like anything groundbreaking and I don't blame Virginia Woolf for this I just think like this edition is just like they literally picked like 10 pages from the author that they saw the book with and then the introduction is it was great like it wasn't really like a big deal for me like it I don't really think about it at all um but yeah Yeah. I I wish it was a little like um just a different edition yeah different publishing strategy all right last book we have on the thing Nice. We should always end it with some poetry. Always end it with poetry. Um, I haven't read everything here, but I've read actually a lot because I um, I didn't have a book, so I picked up this from your shelf again. Some of the things you had that were in English, and it's Bukowski, Love is a Dog from Hell. It's a collection of poems from um, seven, 1974 to 1977 by Bukowski, um, and it deals with... Uh, if you've ever read Bukowski before, you know well, you know how Bukowski is, and it's just raw, unfiltered uh, this, f- this from a is man. A is dog is a love is a dog from hell. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so he's just Question. he is um, just raw, unfiltered, and um, a just a blabbering, <laughs> immensely. I don't know how I don't know how to describe Bukowski, but he's just he's. 
he's good. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> like it's, it's just like, it's coming straight from his like his mind. It's just coming straight raw. Like imagine just like your thoughts just raw on a page, and he makes it beautiful, um, and he makes it just real. And I would say I would describe Bukowski as like is just human. Like he's just yeah. he writes like a human and. The things you don't want to think about, the things that we all think about sometimes, and, but maybe to him to an extreme extent, to be it's honest. It's vulgar. It's vulgar. In a sense. Yeah, it's vulgar. It's definitely vulgar. Not just in a sense. It's vulgar. Yeah. Um, and he talks about, you know, love, sex, drugs. Um, alcohol. Alcohol, prostitution. Just, I mean, he if you know anything about Bukowski's life, he was uh, um, an, an alcoholic. An old, dirty man. Um, and he, he wrote beautiful poems. Enough. Yeah, but I think that's what's so great about Bukowski is that it's just, it is that. It is just raw, unfiltered humanness. And I, I really I really enjoy it. And I, I'm still uh, kind of, you know, I'll flip through pages of Bukowski and just read, read, just read Bukowski. Actually, Bukowski actually has a Dostoevsky poem, if you guys don't know this. Um, I just found out yesterday, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great poem. A collection of poems and i want to read more bukowski um and yeah i want to read more bukowski too this is the only collection i have by him so yeah i i, I would definitely recommend if, if if you guys if anybody uh, likes um i don't know if you're okay with like the vulgarness um, i think you have to be like a little like open to you have to be open because yeah, you have to be open otherwise to you're just gonna be shocked yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> no. Like it, it is shocking. Some, some of you're like, Jesus Christ. You're just like, how did it get printed? Um, but also, I think like a really, really big plus for Bukowski is that um, it's really comprehensible. So, like his vocabulary, how he uses words, it's nothing like this elevated, like academic poetry. Yes, good point. A lot of people are like kind of afraid of. I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't read poems because I don't get them. Like I don't understand really what they meant. Like it's not Sylvia Plath. <laughs> oh yes, but yeah, it's not T.S. Eliot. It's yeah, oh God, no. Literally, you don't know what's going on in a T.S. Eliot poem. I love T.S. Eliot though. I love figuring it out for myself. But Bukowski is just—he's just telling you what he thinks straight from his head and he it's really like the simplicity that is beautiful about his stuff yes i think and every time i think about bukowski i think about like the beat poetry as well and like frank o'hara alan uh, ginsburg and also this film that i really wanted to watch with you but we haven't really had the time yet but it's called patterson by uh, Jim Jarmusch, mm. and I think it's a great. Wait, that's the one with Adam Driver. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to watch that one. Yes, it's about a bus driver, literally, who is also a poet, and it's just is celebrates like uh, everyday poetry, and uh, I really love this type of poetry as well. Even though my favorite poet is probably Sylvia Plath, who's just like not coming from this tradition of poetry, but I really like this. Um, this idea as well and Bukowski is just great yeah cool so uh, we're going to end it on what books we're reading right now um, oh. and so right now it's over there I'm not going to get up this time but it is oh. you literally just as yourself a 
question. Yeah, I'm going to ask myself a question. Um, <laughs> actually, before I, I ask. I am supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to. Ask. No, <laughs> before no, no, I say. Please. Um, so right right now. I'm, for you. Yes, right now I'm reading. <laughs> what do you know? Another Dostoevsky. Um, I'm reading The Double. Uh, I bought a, a version of this, The Double, and then his other book, The Gambler. It's basically like two short novellas. Um, and um, it's uh, it's very, it's interesting. It's it's like, every, I guess a lot of the times when I hear this book being referred to as, it's like, it's just like a kind of a weird novel um, by Dostoevsky. But um, I'm, I'm interested. This is his second novel, right? It's his second novel ever um, after Poor Folk, which is his first one. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I'm really interested in reading like Dostoevsky as um, when he was like a, a nascent writer. So um, it's interesting. And I'll, I'll give my review of that at some point. So, and what are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading a lot of academic texts for my thesis, but also I just started. Um, I just started uh, Tender is the Night by yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I have this book for three years now. I have been so excited to read it, and it took me three years to finally pick it up. But it's perfect because it um, takes place in summertime. I just read uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez's book, uh, which was also a great pick for summer. Um, and it was really, really nice. I love Marquez so much, but now it's just... I've only read... The Great Gatsby so far, uh, but I looked into like Fitzgerald's, um, like life and like art, just in general. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, no, it'll be cool. I'm I'm interested yeah. to see how you like it. And you just finished the the Book of Tea. Book of Tea, yes. I didn't want to mention because it's so shameful, but I don't know the art. Author. The author. It's like a. It's a. It's a. It's a Japanese author from the early twentieth century, and I really, really should know the name of the author, but right now I just can't say it. Um, great book. Yeah, I'll put it here. Um, right here. Right here. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, so I'll. Um, that that's good. That's good. Um, so, end of the end of the show. Um, I hope. I hope this was interesting. Um, I hope it was. You know how to end the podcast with a music rack. Oh. What goes well with all these books that we just read? Or um, what we just talked about? It's a chaotic vibe, to be honest. It is. Uh, but I'm going to give the song I was thinking about before you said that I have to adjust it to the books. And now I am listening to a lot of the replacements, mm. as you probably know. And my uh, pick is going to be, okay, first is Alex Churton. <coughs> this is a song by uh, them from like kind of the middle of their career. And <coughs> another one is Sadly Beautiful. Sadly Beautiful. From the end of their career. And it's also... Um. Yeah, by the replacements. Great. Great. Um, what is yours? You know what? I don't. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to say. But I have a recommendation, and it's the song that you I gave. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what I'll do? Um, Beirut. That's what it. That's oh, what I'll do. if no, you don't now know, you, I want to know what was the other one. Um, I'll tell. It'll be. A, it'll be the next next one. Okay. You don't want to give it away. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. Um, 
Now, Beirut. I've been listening to a lot of Beirut recently. If you don't know Beirut, where have Who you are been? You? Who are you? Um, I've listened to Beirut. I remember I got into Beirut because I was um, a freshman in high school, and I had a really cool friend. His name was Chad in my media studies class, and I messaged him on Facebook, and I was like, do you have any music recommendations? Because he had, like, really good music. Like, we would always talk about, like, music and stuff. Why is Chad right uh, Chad doing really well. He's actually one of uh, my best friends. John's his his stepbrother's good friend. Um, um, and so he's uh he's right. I think he's uh, uh he stud- I think he, stud- he studied philosophy. Really smart guy. I think he's in. He's doing like science. I see on his Instagram and he's like doing some like cool science things. At a, like a laboratory or something. I I honestly have no idea. Um. Anyway, shout out to Chad. I hope you're doing well. Um. And he gave me Beirut as a recommendation. He's like, you should listen to Beirut. And I was like, okay. Ever since then, love Beirut. So good. Um, it's got like really great, like, um, uh, like Eastern European kind of vibes. I mean, the Beirut g- is in Lebanon. Beirut is in <laughs> Lebanon, but, um, but so the guy um, is, do you know his name? The, the lead singer? I forgot his name. Anyways, he traveled a lot through Europe in Eastern Europe when he was young at 17 and he took a lot of influence like that through there. He, he plays the trumpet and a lot of other instruments. Um, and it's just, I think it really blends like, um, great pop. I don't know. Pop isn't the right word, but like, um, it's not pop. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard. more just like what people usually describe as like, world music but it's not like, but it doesn't i like i i've heard world music and i don't really care yeah, for like world has, music a lot of different it's like love folkish like it has a little like folk yeah it's really its own genre it's i feel like yeah i really really like beirut. Be- yeah beirut did something really unique and that, that's why it's really hard to pin down what beirut is but if you don't if you haven't listened to beirut um i'll i don't know what the exact songs i would recommend but i'll put some I'll put the link in the description because literally all of his songs are, are great. Um, um, and yeah, Beirut's great. Um, we're losing sunlight. It's already been an hour, so we need to end the pod. Um, that'll be this week's episode. Pretty good. I'm, I'm glad I'm sick. I, I feel bad because my voice is not the best and um, my mind is not as sharp. Um, so <laughs> it's never sharp though. So I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Fine, you're fine. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, um, and thanks for watching if you watched it. Um, and yeah, here we go. That's it. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.